0: Live with CDP
1: Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Now here's your host, Chris Home.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Family Day for those here in Ontario. And happy President's Day's holiday for those that are in the United States of America here on this Monday, February 19th. 2024 as well and also it is my first anniversary on being on radio station wqee 99.1 fm in noonan georgia and i want to say thank you to ryan o'neill uh for having faith in my talk show a year ago which is hard to believe as well live with cdp sports talk again is sponsored by barry cullen chevrolet dealership at 905 woodlawn road west Here in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out BarryCullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles. Or give them a call at 519-824-0210. Or you can email them at info at Live with CDP Sports Talk again is on WQEE 99.1 FM in Noonan, Georgia. Weeknights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern as well. I hope everyone's doing well on this holiday Monday, whether you're in the States or in Canada. And I'm looking forward to my guest today. This is her first appearance on my show, and her name is Rachel Lipsky. She's a Nashville recording artist, country rock, and has opened up for uh, Blake Shelton and keith urban and has performed for over a hundred thousand military troops touring uh seven times overseas and uh she's got a new single coming out soon i don't give a beep uh coming out on friday march 1st and we're going to talk to uh rachel lipsky about her music career and how she got started out
1: good afternoon hi how are you doing
2: I'm feeling a lot better. I'm about 90% now. So thank you for asking. And Rachel, I want to say it's a real honor to have you on my show today.
1: Oh, Thank you so much for having me on here. It's an honor to be here.
2: And I was going to say, how's the weather in Nashville right now?
1: Um, It's beautiful. I am a lover of snow and cold, uh, but today is sunny and chilly. It is absolutely beautiful.
2: Are you originally from Nashville, Tennessee? I'm originally from
1: Denver, Colorado.
2: Denver. That's why you like cold and snow.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. How much of an adjustment
2: was it going from uh, a Denver, Colorado to Nashville?
1: It, the summers were really hard to get used to because I was not used to the very hot, humid summers. And then I, um, got to go overseas and entertain our troops in Djibouti, Africa. And I said, I would never complain about Tennessee heat again.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Our summers here in Ontario can get hot and humid as well. But as for winter, we haven't had much uh, snow here and we've had a few cold, real cold days, but it's been really a mild winter here. And I do like my winter. I like my cold temps and I like my snow. I like having the four seasons.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. There's so much uh, beauty in every season, you know, for sure. Hey,
2: I saw one of your TikTok videos with uh, your dog. What's your dog's name and and what breed are they again?
1: Her name is Aspen and she is a golden retriever. And we picked her up in Arvada, Colorado. So she's also a Colorado girl. And she's about two and a half. So she's still puppy and so much fun. Do
2: you have any other pets
1: besides her? We do not. No. Okay. How about you?
2: Uh, I have a cat named Latte, a Siamese cat I adopted from a humane society. But I'm hoping to get a dog again, and uh, I'm currently volunteering with a local humane society here, uh, walking dogs that are looking for homes. So uh, wow. I'm getting, I'm getting that in. It's, it's hard sometimes because you're, you're happy to see them be adopted, but you also get attached to them the longer they're down there.
1: Oh, I bet. And then having that bonding time, walking together and enjoying the outdoors and each other, it's hard to probably see them get adopted.
2: Absolutely. Hey, I wanted to ask you this as well, Rachel. Uh, What were your thoughts on the passing of uh, Toby Keith and how much of an impact he had on the music industry and maybe possibly your career as well?
1: Yeah, he, uh, wow, talk about like epic songwriting epic you know just um uh, probably be somebody I think was my favorite song of his even though he had so many amazing songs should have been a cowboy um so many and um but he he was very inspirational in the fact that he you know it, it's hard it's hard to make it in the industry and he you know, had a bit of a struggle but he was winning awards he was still writing songs he was losing and he was still writing songs you know and he was like had a work ethic that is truly admirable and um you know i i loved all that he did for our military uh that is a huge Uh, thing for me to give back to our military. So it was very inspirational to watch him do as much as he did for our men and women in uniform uh, all over the world. You know, when we go overseas and entertain troops, it's not just U.S. You know, Uh, we get troops from Canada, Australia, Georgia, you know, all these different countries that come together. It's amazing.
2: He was uh, proud to be an American and uh, also the troops as well. And uh, he just passed away too young. I I, like I'm 52 now, but I don't find 50s that old or even 60. And and, uh, unfortunately, cancer doesn't discriminate. And it's just awful cancer, any kind of form of cancer. It's just is awful.
1: Absolutely. And you just have to enjoy every single day and be thankful for every single day that we wake up in the morning because you truly never know when it's going to be your time.
2: Absolutely. And that's why I'm I started this new career of mine just four years ago. And uh, this is something I have a passion for. And just talking to you, Rachel, and, and most of my guests or all my guests, I love hearing their passion and their stories and and how they got into their careers as well.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I'm so proud for you. I'm so happy for you. A lot of people are afraid to go after their dreams, uh, and do what they want to do. And you are never too old. Uh, it's never too late, even though there are people that will tell you that it is too late. And, um, no, you just, uh, go with your gut and that's what you have to do.
2: Age is just a number. And, uh, can you, I know you can't say a lot about your song, but would you like to promote your new single coming out on Friday, March 1st, a little bit?
1: Yes. called, I don't give a, we do have an explicit and a clean version coming out. So in case, uh, uh, we need a radio edit or, you know, you can't listen to a, a naughty word in the presence of children. Uh, both, uh, are coming out. Uh, this is the first song I wrote with my producer, Jeff Copeland and, um, It was such a fun, uh, we wanted to write an anthemic song and it started out as um, something, you know, I, I could hear at a football field or in the hockey rink or you're at the gym and you're like, oh man, I need to dig a little bit deeper or, you know, we need to get back motivated again. This is where this song came from. And it kind of morphed into this motivational empowerment uh, anthem that can fit so many different situations. And it's fun that um, March is the month of Women's History Month. And, um, you know, so many people and um, of all ages and ethnicities, I feel like we'll be able to relate to this. And that's what we wanted. Just
2: thoughts on your producer, Jeff Copeland, as well. And uh, how long did it take you to write this song as well and, and, and the recording studio for this?
1: This song um, we finished in one session. And in Nashville, you typically book like a three hour um, writing appointment with somebody. And we finished this pretty quickly within that three hours and got the demo done. It doesn't always happen like that. Um, and we didn't end up recording this until a few months later. Um, but, um, it was just, uh, it just falls out sometimes, you know, and we had so much fun writing it. And Jeff, uh, who by the way is Canadian and oh, cool. uh, yeah, he produces Tim Hicks and, uh, Blackjack Billy, uh, he's amazing. And he has just a wonderful, uh a repertoire of uh, melodic, catchy hooks, and he's so much fun to write with. So uh, this was just such a fun um, song. We always have fun together, Uh, but this was our first one.
2: How important was it when you... How important was it to find the right producer and the right agent when you first started out in the music industry?
1: Oh, it's very important. Uh, You want you always want people on your team who really believe in you and what you're doing. And, um, because that comes out in the finished product. And, uh, I've had another great producer, Shane Barrett, um, who produced my early stuff. And, um, these two producers are, have been amazing and wonderful assets to me, um, and helping to create my sound and, morph into what we've morphed into today.
2: How satisfying to see your music uh get released and uh, do you have any music on vinyl records yet?
1: So it's it's amazing uh it's quite an amazing feeling. I never take it for granted when we get to release music and there's so much that goes into behind the scenes of pre-release, release day and then post-release as but Thank goodness we live in such an amazing time that as an independent artist, I can record music, whatever I want, whenever I want, create those release dates, be creative with my cover art, you know, uh, be able to say the F word, you know, if I want to. And, um, not a lot of artists that get signed, get to have that creative, um, say in their music and when they get to release, if they ever get to release music. Um, So thank goodness we live in a a time where you can be independent and still thrive. Uh, But I do not have anything on vinyl record yet.
2: It's funny I'm almost 52 and now it seems like the older I get, everything from the 70s and 80s is coming back roller skating, bell bottoms, vinyl <laughs> records. Uh, yes. I would I am assuming cassettes at some point will come back in style. I hopefully the eight track doesn't but uh but it's just <laughs> amazing how popular vinyl records are now again.
1: It's so true. Uh actually my husband just found this post from DIO uh DIO's team where they were do they did a visual on a vinyl and uh that's gonna be the new thing which is so cool and it's so fun it is fun to see that come back i'm
2: gonna put you on the spot with this question do you remember the first song that you wrote and the first time you performed in front of a live audience
1: uh the first time i wrote uh Yes, I remember, and I did not want to write for the longest time. I would uh, cut other people's songs, and I still, to this day, listen to a lot of submissions uh, whenever people send me songs. I love it, because may the best song win, and it's not always my song that is the best song to cut out there, but um, I did not want to write. And I would go to pitch sessions. My mentor, Marty Martin, um, rest in peace, he's passed away um, now, but he would take me uh, to these songwriter sessions that he had put together. And uh, these wonderful songwriters would pitch me their songs, and I would take them home and re-listen, and then I would perform those songs out live and covers uh, but then, uh, he finally, Marty talked me into writing and he, I didn't think I'd be any good at it. And, um, he was like, you just gotta do it. You know, you just gotta get in there and start cutting your teeth. And he set me up, uh, with these amazing people in California that helped me cut my teeth as a really young songwriter. Oh, I would say I was, uh, 20. I think 1920 when I started writing and um, uh, I'm so thankful I did because there's a lot of situations you can probably write yourself out of um, and write yourself into because you never know what door will open first. The first time I performed, I've always been in choirs at school and um, church and I've always had a passion. I always knew I wanted to be a singer, uh, but I, I'm really shy. I've gotten better at, um, learning to be more of an extrovert, but I was painfully shy when I was really young and it was hard for me to step out in the spotlight. But my first big opportunity as a solo artist was to open for Toto. I was 16 years old in high school and, um, I got to sing, uh, uh, my teacher would only let me pick a um, like a Broadway song, so I picked uh, You're the One That I Want from Greece and got to open the show for Toto. You guys can find that on YouTube.
2: That's awesome. And I grew up listening to Toto back in, in the 70s and 80s, and uh, there's this one song, I can't remember of it, but it's one of my favorites, Love is Always on Time or something like that. I oh, think that's yes. what it's called. It. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. but that's I- <laughs> That's a great song. But as for Marty, so he had a huge impact on your music
1: career. Yes, he did. He was an amazing songwriter, uh, you know, mentor for so many people, helping to connect. Uh, that's what a, one thing I love about Nashville is there's a mentorship. Uh, not that he was in Nashville, but he had that Nashville uh, quality of taking people under his wing and helping them out.
2: Anyone in your family besides yourself have musical ability?
1: Oh, my, uh, my mom can sing. um, My younger sister can sing, um, but they're not, they, they never pursued it.
2: Okay. And as for myself, I tried karaoke once in New York city. I had fun. I did three songs, but uh, I don't have any musical ability at all, but it was a lot of fun doing it
1: anyways. It's so much fun. I think everyone should go karaoke and just, let loose and enjoy.
2: Absolutely. Now my show is here in Ontario near Toronto and my show is in Georgia. So um can you tell my audience just a little bit about yourself and uh when exactly did you take an industry uh, an interest in the music industry and who were some of your early uh musical uh influences
1: I always knew since I was very very young um since I can remember that I wanted to be a singer and my parents um, you know worked for the government they didn't know how to get me into the music industry but they were so supportive uh from the get-go so they would put me in uh school and church choirs and then my mom would take me out to open mics um anything and everything we could find um karaoke contests um you know she was just like you need to get out there you need to meet people and you need to just do it and perform and she was right you know and um so uh sometimes i would call out (laughs) of school the next day because we were out at a at a karaoke contest the night before but my mom uh, would let me. And that was so kind of her. And, um, you know, so I was born and raised a good portion of my life in Denver, Colorado. And then my dad got transferred to California. So I lived in Southern California for a little while. And, you know, country music has a, a big stronghold there. Bakersfield used to be a complete rival with Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, you're talking Dwight Yoakam, Buck Owens. uh, Gary Allen is from California. Um, So there still were some places to perform. It wasn't as much as it was in the past. Um, And my friend Marty, who was trying to get me to write, was also telling me, Rachel, you need to go to Nashville. You need to move to Nashville. It's going to expedite your career. And uh, I would make trips out in Nashville And then I decided, uh, I'm like, yep, I need to move out here. So I did. And uh, with the U-Haul and uh, hardly knowing anybody. And um, it was very scary, but very liberating at the same time.
2: How competitive, when you first got into the music industry and you first got to Nashville, how competitive is the music industry? And how important is it to surround yourself with the right people? And obviously have a strong support system with family and friends.
1: Yeah, it's uh, of course it's very competitive. There's um a lot of people um uh want to want to make it and um you know it's it's hard, very hard to find a supportive uh group around you uh that <clears throat> you know wants to see you succeed and um so it's to me, especially like when I first moved out to Nashville, I was like, I, I was single and I'm like, I never want to date anybody in the music industry because this town is too small. And if things go weird or something happens, uh, you never know who you're going to be working with in the future or who you're going to, you know, it all comes back around. It's kind of, you know, crazy that way. And um, but of course, I, I met my amazing husband who was in the music industry and um, he's awesome. So we've been together forever, but um, finding friends and co-writers that believe in you and want to see you succeed is very hard, but thank goodness I have my core people. Um, You know, you don't need to find that many. You just need to find those core people that really believe and truly believe in you and want to help you and um, have your back. And, uh, you know, you're going to meet people that you think are your friends and then uh, turn out not to be. And that's just part of life. I think that's in everything.
2: And that even applies to media too. You have to know the difference between friendships and acquaintances, which are like business connections as well. But yeah, uh, one, th- one thing I wanted to ask you, and I, I forgot, I, I should have wrote it down now. So if I remember it later, I'll ask you, but uh, the music industry, um, how, how much have you seen it change in the, even the last 10 years?
1: Oh, it's been drastic. Absolutely drastic. And it's okay. You know, it's... um social media is constantly changing the game and very quickly. So, uh, trying to keep up with it is almost a full-time job, but, uh, you know, uh, there are people out there that are trying to help you, uh, online or, uh, you know, uh, courses, YouTube is fantastic. And, um, you know, just always trying to learn and, uh, keep your finger on the pulse at the same time. It's tricky, but You know, we do live in a great time where so many things can work in your advantage.
2: Absolutely. Now I remember what I wanted to ask you. Um, For those that are watching this live streamed or later listening or on WQE 99.1 FM, Rachel, what advice would you give to somebody that's trying to get into the music industry right now currently in
1: 2024? Yeah, I would say find a mentor. If you can, you know, put yourself out there, please go. I know it's so hard, but go to industry events, uh, become a member of the CMA ACMs. Cause they have, um, get togethers, they have uh, Christmas parties. This is where you're going to meet a lot of your people. Um, you pretty much need to just start talking to people at these events, uh, showcases, um, go talk to different PROs, performing rights organizations. So BMI, ASCAP, um, CSAC, it's SOCAN in um, Canada and uh, go try to talk to somebody, a representative at these PROs and get to know um some of these representatives, because they can also help you. If you know, they decide they want to help you, they can be pivotal in your career. And um, I would say, you know, write as much as you can with whoever you can. Um, Just go, go for it, get in there, get in the mix, start meeting people. And that's really a lot of it
2: on average how long is your songs i know i've talked to some other musicians and they say usually between three and four minutes but i wanted to ask you uh typically for your music
1: yeah i would say i would say uh two and a half to four to four minutes you know um it's pretty rare that we go over that um or go under the two and a half mark but um What it was like, there were a lot of uh, bad information things floating around for a little while, like, oh, Spotify is only going to be playing uh, three minute and under songs uh, next year. And, you know, there's things that float around, but there's not um, always true. It's you want to write your song and do what's best for the song, not trying to chase what may or may not be the trend at the time. Write what is best for the song and it will uh you can never stop a great song no one can
2: for those that are getting in the music industry do you really feel they should learn to do the writing part of it first but then before the performing part
1: not necessarily i think uh i think just going at it doing everything you can um perform, you know, I was always a better singer than I was a writer for the longest time. So I was performing all the time and and was a little bit later of a writer, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their own path. And your timing is going to be different than someone else. I think that's something that's super important to uh, point out for people. It's, it's hard to not want to compare yourself to everyone else and like oh well this person got to uh have their Grand Ole Opry debut at 19 years old. And I'm 22. Like I'm already behind the curve. No, you're not like that was their path. You have your time. You just need to focus on you. I mean, it's good to be aware of what other people are doing and to have goals, but please don't uh, compare yourself to others to the extent where you're hindering yourself. Cause that could really crush you.
2: Mindset is huge. And what you're saying too uh, obviously applies to the music industry, but it also can apply to the media industry, which I'm going into another in professions, because sometimes people see other people getting a little more success than them, and then they start doubting themselves to me. So to me, having a strong mindset and strong support helps
1: so important in everything, like you just said.
2: All right. Uh, this leads to the next question. I I know we already talked about Toby Keese, but who are some of your favorite musicians, both female and male and some bands when you were growing up in Denver, Colorado? And I have to ask you this since you're from Denver, you like Denver Broncos and John Alway.
1: Huge, huge fan. I was going to tell you, um, so, I like to have our, our guest bathroom all broncoed out, shower curtains, the towels are blue and orange. Um, and John Elway was my first crush ever. <laughs> so, I'm a huge fan of John Elway, huge fan of the Denver Broncos uh, through and through. And, um, but growing up, I was listening to Mary Shape and Carpenter it is my ultimate favorite female artist. Uh, John Denver, Dwight Yoakam, uh, gosh, um, but also my parents were listening to, you know, Blondie and ZZ Top and Pat Benatar, Joan Jett. So I have this a big repertoire of influences that I've pulled from throughout the years because I truly love all kinds of music. Everything from big band, classical, rap. I would go through phases as a kid and just want to listen to classical. I would just crave it all the time. And then I would get on the rap bandwagon and I would listen to that. And I think that a lot of that has influenced my music today and you can hear that.
2: Favorite John Denver song? Uh, thank God I'm a Country Boy. Good choice. I was going to say that one and uh, Country Roads.
1: Oh, that I mean, that's a great one. That's an absolute iconic song.
2: Have you performed those yet? Have you sang those at live performances yet?
1: I have performed uh, Country Roads. Uh, actually, it was... Um, I'm going to get emotional because, uh, when we went to Afghanistan, uh, to entertain our troops, um, we would visit two to three, uh, forward operating bases a day. And, um, for nine days and, uh, one of the FOBs it's FOB forward operating base. Um, we met the, you know, we met all these amazing people everywhere, but, um, one of the gentlemen that we met uh, ended up dying, uh, I'm sorry. Getting killed. and so his unit asked me and my band to, uh, come down to Georgia. Once they got home, uh, Georgia, the state and, um, perform, uh, at his remembrance dinner and they all got together and, uh, country roads was his favorite cause he was from West Virginia and uh, so we performed country roads at that, um, at
2: that dinner. You know, music has so much emotions because you hear a certain song, you think of a certain time, decade, place. It just, it's emotional because some songs I hear, I think of my late dad because I grew up with my dad in the seventies and early eighties before he passed away. And there's certain music that as soon as I hear it, I think of my dad or memories of people of, of uh, from my past as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Music is truly amazing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, since we were on this subject, can you just tell us about touring in all these countries? I think twenty-three countries uh, with the um, armed US, US armed forces, and you've done this seven times. How did this come about? And uh, how 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 proud that as an American to do that for your country.
1: I I always knew, okay, I've always had an extreme love for our military. I have always wanted to give back to them. And uh, the only organization I knew at the time that brought entertainers over was the USO. Um, and so I would reach out to them and um, multiple times. And they constantly told me that they would never take me because I'm not on the billboard charts. I'm not a famous artist. And uh, they would never take me. I'm like, cool. So, and I would reach out to them again later. And uh, I put it on my calendar. And because you in just about every industry, but especially the music industry, you don't want to be a pushy kind of annoying, but you want to be a squeaky wheel. So I would, you know, not email them too quickly, I'd put it on my calendar a few weeks later, okay, email them again. And so I did, I kept doing it. And finally, somebody replied back to me. And they're like, Hey, why don't you try our sister organization, Armed Forces Entertainment, they may take you over. And so I was like, cool, I've got another lead. So I found the website, And they used to have a tour with us tab and you could fill out an application. It was very lengthy, of course, because they want to try to, um, you know, they want to bring over good, you know, entertainment. And so I would fill out the application and. If you got rejected, you had to wait ninety days to reapply. So I got rejected multiple times, and I would just put it on my calendar: ninety-one days, reapply. (laughs) And I did. And twenty thirteen, I got my very first overseas tour, and um, I cried. I bawled my eyes out when I got that email. I couldn't believe it was actually happening. So, um, gosh, we went to. Uh, Djibouti Africa Kuwait Bahrain uh, Qatar Abu Dhabi um, all these amazing places on um, that first tour and I've done seven cents and it's just literally the best thing um, I've ever done in my music career is to go overseas and entertain our troops be with them give them a piece of home you know because they sacrifice so much. There's a lot of holidays birthdays uh you know they miss their children's births they miss first words first steps there's so much sacrifice and um i would say a a median uh deployment would be about nine nine to 12 months so that's a long time you know to be away from your family and for us to go out there um and you know bring up morale. It's just like a big love fest. It's amazing. It's truly amazing.
2: And your story is inspirational as well because I've had my successes in in radio and media, but I've had a lot of setbacks and I don't call them rejections. I call them setbacks and just hearing your story and every guest that I have on here keeps me motivated to keep improving and keeping working hard and never give up.
1: Yeah, I, I the way I think about it too is like, no, to me, just means not right now. There might be another time or place where they're going to they're gonna say yes, you know?
2: What were some of your favorite songs that you performed on these tours overseas? And how long were you gone on each trip approximately?
1: So I would say 23 days is the longest tour I've done. I would say... um about three weeks is like pretty normal. Uh, cause I tell my, um, my booker, like, please send us as long as you want, um, to have us there, you know? And, um, uh, seven days is the shortest that we've been on.
2: And how satisfying is it not just for yourself, but seeing these guys enjoy your music and, and just put a smile on their face for a couple hours.
1: It's emotional. It's it's amazing. Like some of my especially my first tour uh, going over there uh, when people were just so excited about a song or wanted us to play it again or, you know, uh, they were trying to sing the lyrics and the second chorus, you know, like you know, cause I play covers and originals to try to, you know, you always just want to have that. Um, especially when people don't know you, cause you want to play some familiar songs for them and to enjoy. But when they start really rocking out to your original stuff, you're like, what world am I living in? This is amazing. You know, and some of the bases we would go and they made these huge signs and, Oh, Rachel, we're your number one fan. Or you know, play bones, or like all you know. And and when we went to um, when we went to Afghanistan, uh, after the first bass that we played, the next base we showed up, I heard whispers of because uh, we played Enter Sandman by Metallica as our ending song. Awesome. Uh, yeah, <laughs> during that tour, so uh, I had already heard whispers of people saying oh, she's going to play "Anderson" Sandman, you know, by Metallica. And that just made my heart so happy that word was already spreading, um, that we were already spreading joy. Um, And that just, that's the best. That is the best feeling in the world.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, I, I, your story is really inspiring as well. And when I hear that inter Sandman song, I know I shouldn't talk sports, but I hear, I think of Mario Rivera of the New York Yankees because he would always come out as a closer to that song. And then wow. like music has a pat impact because certain athletes come out to certain songs. Like Michael Jordan came out to uh serious by the Alan Parsons project. And when you hear that song, you think of Michael Jordan and music just has such an impact on our lives.
1: Yeah, getting us in a mental state or, or or escape. You know, like sometimes you need that escape and there's certain songs or playlists that help you do that. And that's what we were to our church was an escape from crazy things going on in their lives, you know.
2: Absolutely. and And you've been to 23 countries. Were you able to go into the countries or were you on the ship the whole time?
1: Um, so sometimes we would be able to explore, you know, and sometimes we weren't, uh, it just depended on the, on the timing and, and the country and what, um, we had scheduled, you know, and, um, you know, cause it's, it's awesome because we don't go over there just to perform. We actually have unit visits and, you know, we go and visit, um, that base and all a bunch of different units and we get to know, um what our military does on a day-to-day basis and they show us what they're doing over there and what they're working on so it's not like we just go and then perform like we're in there with them finding out how they live their day-to-day what they do um it's amazing
2: what's the most memorable uh one that you did overseas so far out of all the 23 countries
1: Um, probably the most impactful for me are the countries that where music is really a big deal to them. You know, there's some countries where, uh, the troops can actually take their families and, uh, they can live off base and just enjoy the things around that country. It's a, but like, you know, Kuwait, Afghanistan, uh, Djibouti, Africa gets shut down a lot, where they're locked in and they cannot go anywhere except be on the base, and uh, or they're they're on the front lines, ready to go in to action at any time. That's the most impactful for me because that's where they need it the most, and um, you know, it all. It is wonderful. I by no means am trying to say one area is more important than another. Um, there's a lot of things we don't know what's going on. and uh, But um, it's just so many different times and areas and different times of the year. Like when we go over for a Christmas and New Year's, um, that's really precious and special because you know that that's probably the hardest for them to be away from their family.
2: Any plans to do this for an eighth time in the future?
1: Yeah, I'm hoping. um, I'm, I'm always uh, telling my contacts that I'm ready to go on another tour. So I don't have anything booked yet. uh, But as soon as we find out, we'll, we'll let you know.
2: Definitely. Have you performed Lee Greenwood song too on those tours?
1: You know what? I haven't. Um, okay. I actually did that song for a couple of talent shows uh, back in the day, back in high school. Um, but might be time to to break that out.
2: Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's nice to be patriotic in the States and Canada. We should be proud of where we're from. And uh, I just think what you're doing is awesome. And uh, I'm just glad I, I connected with you on a social media and have you on my show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor to be here.
2: Do you have a little more time?
1: Oh, yes. A little more time?
2: Okay. I would like to uh, show a clip of uh, your latest song that was released in September 2023 called Black Magic, and we'll play it here for my audience. Now, I have to say this because we're on YouTube and Facebook, and they're strict with copyright rules. Since this is your song, do I have your permission to uh, play Black Magic on here? You sure do okay well thank you so much and we're gonna play black magic and that came out i believe uh what september 2023
1: yes exactly
2: okay let me know if you can hear the audio okay oops one second just a technical difficulty one second sorry i apologize just one second we'll get this going
0: yeah baby you put a little voodoo on a little voodoo on it when your kiss hits my lips feels like a spell love a little juju on it a little juju on it the more i taste the more i crave this ain't and well i can't stop it now don't even wanna try i know you know that i wanna play it up oh, baby lay me down why so high Rain on us Rub the thrill of the chill from your fingertips Baby, make it dangerous Make it dangerous When you do, it's taboo, even devilish Baby, on a night like this I wanna play it Come on, baby.
2: yeah baby little- thank you so much for letting us uh sharing this uh clip today and that song black magic very catchy very energetic and positive and rachel thoughts on that song that came out in september 2023
1: thank you this is another one jeff copeland and i co-wrote and he produced and um yeah it's just a very sexy uptempo uh so much fun this song took us uh, a couple of sessions of uh, writing sessions to get right but we wanted to get it right and um gosh we're just like we love it it's so much fun
2: just yeah positive energetic and it's a catchy song and uh, hey i gotta ask you this since i have you on jeff's from canada what part of canada is he from uh quebec quebec not far from me about five hours five yes. six hours so I'm gonna to have to. I I, learn, I know a little bit of French, but uh, that's that's awesome, amazing. And the music industry over in Canada is uh, huge here as well. And have you performed in Canada yet so far?
1: I have not. I would love to. I've I've been there. I've been to Toronto and I've been to Vancouver, um, just as a as a fan and as a you know tourist. And it, they're amazing cities. I can't wait to explore more.
2: Toronto is our version of New York City and Vancouver haven't been out to yet but it's it's really nice out there as well uh one city you'd like is uh, very much is Niagara Falls Ontario where the Niagara Falls is I think you would love it there it's our version of Vegas
1: so I have been to the Canadian Niagara Falls and it is awesome
2: have you thought about uh I was going to ask you this. Have you, when you write your music, I'm going to reward this question. When you write your music, do you get some of your inspirations from uh, traveling to different cities and different countries?
1: Oh yeah. Oh I love it. I love uh, traveling. I'm a travel junkie and um, I love seeing what every country is doing their architecture, the history. I try to immerse myself in the food and the beverage um, all the things.
2: Favorite place you've gone on vacation so far, traveling-wise?
1: Oh, man. Uh, on vacation. Traveling. Um, oh, man. It's so hard to say. I, it's so hard to say. I can't really pick one because it's so – there's so many amazing things about every – country, every state, every city, uh, it's really hard to pick a favorite. I mean, I, I did fall in love with, um, like I was over the moon, uh, being in the Baltic States. Um, we were there on tour, uh, on an AFE tour and, um, my great grandfather and grandmother are from Lithuania. So we got to go to Latvia and Lithuania. And, um, that was special like i can't wait to go back and really get to explore but
2: are you a fan of flying oh yeah yes i've never even been on an airplane yet so i'm gonna have to try it one day
1: oh yes absolutely
2: okay because i know not everybody's uh crazy about flying but my niece right now is in florida learning to be an airline pilot
1: oh my gosh that's amazing
2: Yeah, she has a passion for it, and uh, that's something she wants to pursue. So um, maybe one day I'll have to go on a plane when she's uh, the pilot.
1: Oh, my gosh. That would be the best.
2: You know, you could write a song up on airplanes because you always hear some of these crazy stories from people up on those airplanes as well.
1: Oh, yes. That is so true. That is so true.
2: All right. I wanted to, uh, if you have a few more minutes, I was going to ask you a couple more questions. Uh, what was it like coming up with bones? Your first single was Marv, uh, Mars Brown. And what was the inspiration behind this song? And I believe that came out, uh, 10 years ago, 2014, I believe.
1: Wow. Yeah. So by the way, I did not write this one. Keith Gaddis wrote it and, um, One of my mentors had heard this song, and uh, Keith was singing it as he released it. He was a a killer artist in his own right. And um, my mentor was like, This is a female song. Like, you should do this, and uh, you should cut it. So I did. And uh, it's just like a great song, killer groove. Um, This song got me on some major festivals that I probably would have never been able to get on uh, without having such a killer song. We got to do a music video for this and then adding Mars, a friend of mine who's a great rapper, he just did an amazing job. Um, So you guys can find the original song, which has the bridge and then the remix with Mars uh, where we took out the bridge and he did a rap. And it is so cool.
2: That's amazing. And uh, I I wanted to ask you about this as well. You released your first album uh, back in 2017 called Dancing in Neon. What was that like having your first album out?
1: It was really exciting. I, you know, oh man, I was, I was working so hard, like trying to write and, um, working hard, trying to get, um practicing my vocals, get my chops up. And um, to have a full album out was like surreal, you know? And um, we've done three music videos and it's so, so fun. Never take it for granted.
2: How difficult is it to decide what songs are gonna go on an album?
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, like sometimes I get hundreds we have hundreds of songs that we're listening to and um, you know, it's like, Oh man, you know, there's so many factors and you want every song to be incredible. You don't want a song, a certain song to be a filler. You know, you want incredible songs because you want people to be in love with it too. And you also, I, you know i have a different brand than probably a typical girl you know i'm i call myself the dark horse of country rock and i'm a, not afraid to say things that probably most people wouldn't say um hence the new single coming out but um you know i'm okay to go there and to be rowdy and to kind of be um like the popcorn you know um rowdy rock and just uh be fun and i want catchy fun songs that you know we don't mind singing because when you're out there grinding you know especially in the beginning as an artist like you're playing three to four hour shows and uh you're singing the same songs over and over and over again because most people haven't heard of you And you've got to just be okay with singing those songs thousands of times and looking at that set list and going, "Ah, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. This one's next. Let's do it. You know, and uh, it can get boring for some people, you know, that um, if you don't pick the right songs. So
2: how did you come up? Oh. I was going to ask you, how did you come up with dancing in the, in neon and in some of the songs? Is it just come all right off your top of your head, or sometimes it takes a little time to come up with names?
1: I'm constantly, uh, constantly writing down ideas, whether it's a line, a killer line I thought of or uh, heard, or a twist on a killer line I heard. Uh, titles, you know, constantly just just writing down stuff. I have hundreds of ideas that i keep banked up uh but also dancing in the neon was an outside cut as well so it was a song that i heard and i was just like oh my gosh this is so cool it was like abba meets country and um that disco country that wasn't really happening at the time and it was fun
2: are CB- CD albums still out still around or are they really disappeared
1: I mean, it's, it's not like it used to be, but I still have people that want CDs, um, all the time, especially when I perform at, um, I do a lot of residencies at Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio.
2: Oh, I know that place very well.
1: Yes, roller coaster junkie as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I I, I stayed at the water park. I'm a water park. Well, oh, you're
1: a water park that and yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh the last like four years, four summers, I've been performing at Cedar Point and um I have tons of fans or people that just are now hearing about me that are like, I want to buy a CD. I want a, a physical copy and that way I can sign it. And it's, it's still a thing. Any plans to perform at Cedar point this summer? Yes. I, uh, sent my target dates to the booker and, um, he said they're they'll be booking it in the next couple weeks. So hopefully we'll find out soon.
2: Okay, because I'm only six, six and a half hours away from Cedar Point. It would be nice to hear you perform live in person and, and be able to meet you too.
1: Yes, please let me know. I will I'll keep you posted on our dates. It'd be so great to meet you in person
2: absolutely hey i wanted to ask you this as a as a singer and a musician and performing as well um do you have any rituals before a live performance and also what do you like to drink uh before or after a performance like water or honey or tea or stuff like that for your vocal uh vocals and do you have a vocal coach or have one in the past
1: yeah i've had several vocal coaches in the past i i highly recommend it um there's still major stars that have vocal coaches and love to go to them because they are very great. Um, and it's not a sign of weakness at all to go to one. Um, but I room temp water is the best because you get cold water on your throat and it closes up your, uh, vocal cords. Um, and I'm always, doing vocal exercises, uh, and then cool downs afterwards. It's super important to take care of your voice. Um, if you've been singing for a long time, or if you're just starting out, like absolutely you need to warm up and you need to cool down and man, three to four hours of singing is hardcore, you know, like that can ruin you if you don't take proper care of your voice. And, um, man, I'm, In my off time when I'm not, uh, having shows, I'm still doing my vocal exercises almost every single day. I rehearse 90 minutes to two hours a day because you want to keep up with it. You want to be ready to go at any time for any reason. And, um, man, water is my jam. I do drink, uh, some coffee in the morning coffee. I love, um, and you know, I rarely drink soda, and those sorts of things it's just um but hot toddies are probably my favorite thing uh after a show Uh little whiskey hot water and then i'm a fan of orange slice instead of uh lemon which traditionally goes in there but sometimes you can do a little tea uh in there too but uh hot water and whiskey it's the best
2: so your average show is what three to four hours yeah i would say so Mm-hmm. So, how many songs you would you normally getting in that time frame?
1: I'd say thirty.
2: That's a lot. Wow! It's and lot. I have and <laughs> I have a viewer on here. His name is Jimmy Joe. He's uh, saying hello from Ireland,
0: oh, hi, uh, Ireland.
2: Hope every hope everyone's day is going well. And I want to oh, say yeah. thank you to Jimmy Joe for that. And he has a question for you as well. Um, if you're okay answering, it, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Uh, question to Rachel: Is there a UK tour on the list coming up?
1: Oh man, not yet. Uh, But man, would I love to get to Ireland and the UK? I would love that. I'm going to keep you guys posted.
2: Thank you so much, Jimmy, for your questions and and for watching this show as well. And uh, just got a few more quick questions to wrap it up with you, uh, Rachel. Um, What was it like winning the Nashville Hard Rock Rising competition and Pepsi Southern Original individually out of 6,000 plus bands?
1: Yeah, it was like, it was, it was shocking, you know, like, especially the Nashville Hard Rock Rising, that was an all genre competition. That wasn't just country. So, and to win the Nashville one uh, was really cool. It, uh, I'm just like, I can't believe uh, got to win those And, and then winning the Pepsi Southern original competition. There was only supposed to be 10 of us, in the finals and they put 13 but lucky for me 13 is my lucky number and we got to perform last n- band number 13 and we ended up winning and getting to open for blake shelton and neil mccoy that weekend down at the uh, gulf coast jam in panama city beach florida and that was incredible it was a great experience
2: and what was it like opening up for Blake Shelton and Keith Urban and and Charlie Danil, Jan, Charlie Daniels and Total? And what's that like uh, as a musician opening up for some of these legends?
1: It's incredible, but very scary at the same time. It's very intimidating. I mean, these are people that you grew up listening to and admiring and, you know, like to share the same stage as a lot of these people is... You know, it's like, wow, like if you would have told the 10 year old girl, you know, <laughs> that she would be doing this, it would be, you know, she'd probably pass out. Um, but there's also a sense of belonging uh, that you belong in that, in that realm, you know, and uh, it's exciting.
2: You're living your dreams right now. Yes. And, uh, speaking of that, what was it like performing the U S national anthem at the Charlotte motor speedway, uh, the Bridgestone arena for the Nashville predators and how much you like hockey and, uh, just performing in front of, uh, sports crowds as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, singing our national anthem is the probably single-handedly scariest thing I ever do. Um, I always have to, uh, pep talk myself because you never want to forget the lyrics because people are going to let you know, you know, that if you miss or, and, um, you know, you, you just want to do it justice because that song means so much. And I always have to tell myself, you know, yeah, it's between you, God and the flag right now, and you're going to kill it, you know? And, um. It's, it's such an honor to sing that song and uh, I've been put in so many amazing situations to sing that song. Um, and I'm, you know, typically shaking in my boots and, uh, but it's always an honor. And uh, this past November, I got to sing the national anthem for uh you know, MTSU is a a pretty well-known college uh, down here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and they have a veteran celebration weekend, um, which is uh, November 11th around that area. And this is the second year in a row that I got to do it. And this year I had a flyover. So, oh my God, like to have that. And then so they told me about the flyover the day before and I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. You know? But then when I got there the day of, uh, they were like, okay, so the timing has to be perfect. Like if you're going too slow or too fast, the flyover is not going to happen. They're going to abort. And I'm like, Holy cow. That's a lot of pressure. And, uh, but I'm like, this is good for me to know because if I need to slow it down, you know, I can do that. I sing a cappella. If I need to speed it up, we can do that, you know, and you want the flyover to happen. You know, you don't want to disappoint anyone. And, um, it just worked out. Oh, just so perfect. And man, was I shaking in my boots though. It's scary.
2: You know what, they're saying this too, this is for media, like radio, TV, uh, in, in the entertainment industry. If you're not a little bit nervous, then maybe it's time to look for a new career because a little bit of nervousness before a performance is okay because that means that you want to do a good job that you still care. So it's it's just, and then once you get into it, you just focus into what you're doing and and then eventually the nerves are gone.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, once you start, you kind of get in a zone, you know, and uh, next thing you know, oh my gosh, it's over already. How did it go? You know, <laughs> did I do okay?
2: Hopefully, one day you get to sing old Canada over here as well. Our oh, next I would
1: love that. It'd be amazing.
2: And uh, Jimmy Joel's got one more comment. Rachel, you deserve the best in life. Oh. Awesome personality. Keep going, doing us all proud. Thank, Thank you so much, you Jimmy. Thank you
1: so much. That's so nice.
2: And uh, we're going to wrap this up before you do a live performance, do you have like a ritual that kind of gets you calm or relaxed Mm -hmm. and and focused before a performance?
1: I I definitely, um, I enjoy being alone and uh, just getting in a headspace, um, looking over my set list, nothing too like ritually. Um, I have to do my vocals. Like it's ideal to do it about an hour before you start performing. Um, but sometimes you don't have that time. Um, so maybe I have to do it two hours before, uh, but as long as I get that done and then I've been practicing on my own, um, a lot. So it's like, okay, let's look over the set list. What are we starting with? What can I say? You know, um, that can segue it just a lot of mental preparation, um, and ad-libbing, um, about, you know, in between songs when you need to like make those transitions.
2: And would you like to do a shout out to your crew, uh, crew? Because people don't realize there's is like, you're obviously the performer, but how much work there is in setting up and tearing down for a performance.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's no joke. And there's, it takes a village. And um, my band is amazing. My husband is amazing. Um, he helps so much uh, load in, load out roadie you know, type of work, uh, the front of house, sound engineer, uh, there's so much that goes into it. Uh, the promoters and the bookers, you know, they're taking a chance on you and that's nothing to be, you know, taken for granted.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, I do this with all my guests when we're wrapping this up, what are some fun facts about Rachel Lipsky and what's the one thing you know about Canada?
1: Um, well, My husband um, actually has some very well-known songs that were number ones in Canada uh, with Jason McCoy and the Road Hammers. Um, So that's fun. And um, uh, actually, Jason McCoy just got put into the uh, Canadian Country Hall of Fame, and Denny, my husband... Uh, was a big part of Jason's career and wrote most of Jason's hits with him. So that's incredible. We can't wait to come up to Calgary and and uh, look at that uh, Hall of Fame and the exhibit in there. Um, but uh, one thing I know about Canada is uh, so many amazing, talented uh, actors, musicians have come from Canada. and Comedians. Got- comedians. <laughs> yeah, comedians. Yeah. 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 Gosh. Buble, um, uh, Justin Bieber, Celine Dion, Shania Twain. I mean, yeah, Justin Bieber's,
2: Justin Beaver is only like 35, 40 minutes from where I live in Stratford, Ontario. And he still comes back and visits. He hasn't
1: forgotten his roots. That's amazing. I love that. Could you imagine music and, and without all these people? No, like epic.
2: I wanted to ask you this too, as well, uh, how hard is it sometimes not to get a, a you're obviously going to have an Eagle, but how hard is it or how hard is it, I guess, to keep yourself on even ground in this industry as well?
1: I mean, it's pretty, uh, I, I think it's pretty easy to get, cause it's like, to me like nobody owes me anything you know i'm constantly trying to fight to um you know get get ahead and you know in the right ways and um you know there's there's tons of um tons of people that are are gonna quickly you know put you on your butt and um that's okay. You know, you just got to keep going. And I just think the mentality of nobody owes you anything, you know, uh, is super important to remember. And um, that's probably my, the way I do it.
2: That's great advice for all of us as well. And uh, Jimmy Jones got one more last comment. Will Rachel leave us with the song from Greece? Uh, the one that I wanted. <laughs> song.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Uh, the lyrics, um, oh man, uh, Jimmy Joe, you are stumping me on this one. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, can I, can I leave you with a a different song, Jimmy Joe, are you going to be upset if I, can I do one of my favorite, like Mary Chapin Carpenter? Um, yeah, that was an amazing cover. Um. Um. Well, I woke up this morning, stumbled out of my rack. I opened
0: up the paper to the page in the back. It only took a minute for my finger to find my daily dose of destiny under my sign. My eyes just about popped out of my head. It said the stars are stacked against you, girl. Get back in bed. I feel lucky. Oh, 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 I feel lucky, yeah. No Professor Doom gonna stand in my way. Ooh, I feel lucky today.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. And thank thank you to Jimmy John for watching uh, our show as well. And I got one final segment. Uh, I'm doing this with all my guests now. Is there a question you would like to ask the host before we wrap this up? you have a question for the host
1: oh um so uh what is your favorite sport and what do you like covering
2: i would say my favorite sport would be probably football and hockey and also lacrosse now lacrosse is like hockey and basketball And uh, if you ever get a chance, check out the national lacrosse league. It's really great sport. These guys are great athletes. And I I would say, I would say football, hockey, and lacrosse are my favorite sports. And I do love baseball. I cover the blue Jays farm team in Buffalo as well. So in the summertime, there's nothing better than being at a baseball diamond, which where I spent my 50th birthday uh, a a year ago at a ballpark as well.
1: I love that. That's awesome.
2: But I am getting into more music. I like my 60s, 70s, and 80s classic rock and stuff like that. But the more guests I'm having on from the music industry, I'm now getting a little more into the country music as well.
1: Oh, that's great.
2: All right. And uh, finally, uh, when is your next performance? And where can my audience uh, follow you on social media and, again, your website?
1: Uh, my next performance will be In the Round Um In Mont Eagle, Tennessee, kind of halfway between Nashville and Chattanooga at uh, Jim Oliver's Smokehouse. We're going to be doing a Nashville style in the round. So there'll be three of us songwriters taking turns doing a song uh, for about an hour starting at 9 p.m. Uh, Central Time, you can visit me at rachellipsky.com. My website will show you all of my tour dates, uh, get you to my merch store, uh, get you to my music. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, Snapchat, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all the things.
2: <laughs> and again, your latest single is coming out uh, Friday, March 1st, right?
1: Yes, called I Don't Give a...
2: And it'll be available on all social media or all platforms.
1: Absolutely. Yes, it will
2: all right well rachel i want to say thank you so much for giving me over an hour of your time i really appreciate it and i really enjoyed talking to you and uh, i'll definitely send you a copy of this show on video and audio and the link to my radio station it will probably most likely air tuesday night at eight o'clock but i want to say thank you so much for coming on live with cdp sports talk and entertainment show and uh continued success in your career and i'm looking forward to your new single coming out on friday March first
1: thank you so much for having me
2: and i want to say thank you to one of our viewers jimmy joe for coming on here as well and uh again uh rachel hopefully we'll see you this summer at cedar point because i'd love to hear you perform and in and meet you in person as well
1: absolutely
2: all right rachel i hope you have a great rest of the uh, president's day and we'll keep in touch with you on social media
1: sounds good have a great day too
2: you too thanks rachel All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, Season 7, Episode 39. Today with Rachel uh, Lipsky, uh, Nashville recording artist, star, country singer as well. And she's going to have a new song coming out very soon called I Don't Give a Beep, uh, is- 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 explosives or clean, on Friday, March 1st as well. Before we wrap up this show, guys, I have another show tonight at 9 o'clock, live with CDP Sports Talk, brought to you by Barry Colin Chevrolet. Tonight, Monday, February 19th at 9 p.m. Eastern with my guest, Sonia Pearson. She is a podcast host of All Things Football from a Ladies Perspective, and I'm looking forward to talking to Sonia about her podcast show and uh, getting into the National Football League. And she started up an all-female fan club uh, for the Carolina Panthers. And uh, Sonia is from Atlanta, Georgia, which is not far from Radio station WQEE 99.1 FM in Noonan, Georgia. And I want to say thank you to Ryan O'Neill, the station manager at WQEE 99.1 FM, for one year ago uh, putting my show on his radio station. So I've been on WQEE's 99.1 FM's uh, lineup uh, weeknights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern now for one year. And I've got fewer comments. Jimmy, Joe, again, thank you for tuning in today. I really appreciate it in your comments and questions. Uh, yes, Rachel has amazing voice and Rachel is great. And I was very lucky to have her on my show today. And thank you, Jimmy, for watching as well. And before we wrap up this show, guys, again, you can check out Rachel on, uh, She's on available on all social media platforms, including Twitter slash X uh, Rachel Lipsky and her website is Rachel as well. And she's also on Linktree as well. Uh, Linktree uh, slash Riot South as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk is live-streamed on these platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, slash X, Twitch, LinkedIn, and now available on Instagram, thanks to StreamYard.com. And uh, again, Live with CDP Sports Talk is a weekly sports and entertainment talk show hosted by Chris Palmer, yours truly, weeknights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM. The key, the home of Southern sports and talk, the heartbeat of Atlanta. You can also check out my website, beacons.ai slash Chris And I'm going to be back in Buffalo, New York this Saturday for the Buffalo Bandits game against the Albany Firewolves as a media member. So I will be writing a story about that and doing some more player and coaches interviews as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership here in Guelph at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycollin.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 or email them at info at you can also follow this content creator on TikTok at Live with CDP. And I want to say thank you to my 1932 followers. StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk. If you're into webinars or podcastings like yours truly, check out Streamyard.com. Live with CDP Sports Talk, the audio version is available on these platforms: iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Google Podcasts, Spotify for Podcasters, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Pandora, and Tuned In. Finally, you guys can email or text live with CDP Sports Talk at cpamay19 at gmail.com or text the show at 519-820-7188. And if you have comments, questions, suggestions, any feedback, would be greatly appreciated as well. And I'm also on Cameo. If you're looking for a personalized video message, check out Chris Pome on Cameo.com and consider booking me for a Cameo. uh, Now the proceeds... I uh, will go to my radio show as well. And finally, a last comment from Jimmy Joe. One, uh, one love, my brother. I enjoyed the show. Thank you so much, Jimmy. I really appreciate that. I just started this career four years ago, and uh, my radio show has been on the air for one year now. So thank you so much. And uh, that's about it. Uh, I want to say thank you again to my guest today, Rachel Lipsky. A Nashville recording artist, country singer, songwriter, for coming on today, and I want to say thank you to everyone watching this live streamed, and also on my audio platforms, and to those who listen to this episode on WQE ninety-nine point one FM in Noonan, Georgia, and. Uh, that's about it. I hope everybody has a, a happy family day holiday here in Canada and Ontario and happy president's day over to those in the United States as well. And I hope you guys can come back and watch live with CDP sports talk tonight, 9 PM with Sonia Pearson, the host of the old ladies or sorry, the old, things football from a ladies perspective podcast show and we're going to talk about her podcast show the nfl and a little bit about herself as well so i hope everybody has a great rest of the afternoon and we'll see you back here at 9 p.m eastern again for season 7 episode 40 of live with cdp sports talk brought to you by barry cullen chevrolet here in guelph have a great afternoon everybody